You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. Okay, come with me to Ephesians chapter 4. I'll read from the message translation. In light of all this, here is what I want you to do. While I'm locked up here, a prisoner for the master, I want you to get out there and walk. Better yet, run. On the road God called you to travel. I don't want any of you sitting around on your hands. I don't want anyone strolling off down some path that goes nowhere. I mark that you do this with humility and discipline, not in fits and starts, but steadily pouring yourselves out for each order in acts of love. A lot at noticing differences and quick at mending fences. Four. You were all called to travel on the same road and in the same direction. So, stay together, both outwardly and inwardly. You have one master, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who rules over all, walks through all, and is present in all. Everything you are, and think and do is permeated with oneness. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in Jesus' name. We we could continue when you have time. You know, you can look at more, you know, further down. We're going to come back to that. Last week, we, we looked Sunday, I believe God, and we saw the power and the effectiveness of one person, one person who believed God, in an environment and how God could through that one person accomplish great things. Praise the Lord. And on Wednesday as we're doing a follow-up, you know, I want to beg us please, if you don't come most Wednesdays, it's good you get the messages because they are essential parts that complete what we looked at on Sunday. We saw that the background to believing had a lot of things to do with it. We don't believe on the day that the event occurs. We believe before. And on the day it happens, we manifest our faith. Praise the Lord. Remember, it was 14 nights of no sun and no, no stars. And then Paul spoke. It couldn't have been what happened in the 14 nights of darkness that would give him that faith. It was what happened in his relationship with God. That came to manifestation at that point. Praise the Lord. Now, one of the things we learned, which you know, I just want to touch as we move on. We looked at the word osmosis, isn't it? And we saw that osmosis, you know, apart from the scientific one, was said to be the gradual and often unconscious absorption of knowledge, ideas, values through continual exposure rather than deliberate learning. In essence, we saw that you are learning when you don't think you're learning. You're being changed 
when you don't know you're being changed. Praise the Lord. You see, culture is not taught in a school. You live in an environment, it just falls on you. Because it seeps into you, just like the osmosis process. It just gets into you. That's why you see people from a particular area behave in a particular way. So these things are things that, you know, they fall on you. So the Bible says, evil communication corrupts what? Good manners. It's just around. It's a culture. You don't deliberately, you know, go out to be changed in an environment. How many of us have had friends, you know, they travel to a particular place and they come back and you say, you've changed. What has happened is that they've been exposed to some environment which has gotten into them. Praise the Lord. Now, in Acts 4.13, we looked at it. We saw what happened with the disciples of Jesus. Jesus had no formal school. They just hung around him. Praise God. They followed him when he was going somewhere. They followed him when he was doing something. You know, they'll be gisting. But after three years, the Bible said they noted that this man, even though unlearned, even though untrained, something was peculiar about them. They were even more excellent in understanding and knowledge than the graduates from their former school. And the Bible says, well, they realized that they had been with Jesus. Now, let's see the way the Living Bible said it. The Living Bible put it in a way that is, you know, very good. It says that we are amazed and realized what being with Jesus had what? Done for them. What being with Jesus? Who you are with influences you. Who you are with influences you. And someone has said many years ago, the truth is this. If somebody gets born again as a stack illiterate and follows up the way it is structured to work in the kingdom, you don't need a university degree. Because if you keep interacting with the word of God and the people of God, you will learn culture, you will behave well, you'll be disciplined, you will speak well, everything will fall in place. The fact that people come into Christianity and don't change after a while bears witness to who they spend more time with. The ordinary structure of the Christian church now is two hours, three hours on Sundays, Two hours on Wednesdays for those who come. Now, what you do the rest of the week is very powerful. It's very powerful. That's why the average child at six years or ten years, you know, will know some biology, will know some, you know, chemistry or whatever, will know some integrated science, but may never know God because from home and in church, the church has only two hours for children on Sundays. The school has them for what? For five days in the week, plus homework. The homework that is given from children's church, parents don't see that they do it. So the child grows in academics, but spiritually, the child is being taught by cartoon network. The child is exposed to that. You know, I remember many years ago when one child, about four years, that's, it was from her mouth through Momichi that I heard Odeshi. I never, I didn't know what Odeshi meant, but a child who was exposed to African magic you know, and become schooled in it, you know. Now, many of you don't know what it is. I still don't even really know what it is. But, you know, for those who may know, that, that was the first time I heard the word. But it was from a child. So, exposure. Whatever you're exposed to, whether you think you're learning or you don't think you're learning, you're actually learning. 
In fact, if I come to your house and I see the television program that is on the screen, I can tell your spiritual level. If you're here and you watch Big Brother, you need to dedicate your life to Christ. It shouldn't be a matter of laughing. No, no, I'm surprised people are laughing about it. How can you watch? I mean, what are you learning there? Do you understand? No, in fact, once I see Big Brother, I say this person is not born again. I mean, not judgment. I mean, it raises compassion. You can't, how can you sit down? The Spirit of God is, okay, let me, let's help you. Praise the Lord. The president is visiting you. And then you put on Big Brother so two of you watch. Can you do that? If the president visited you, what kind of program will you put on TV? Are you getting it? Simple. You're carrying the Spirit of God and you and the Spirit of God are watching Big Brother. God forbid. Praise the Lord. And then when I see people who watch horror movies, I know that they need understanding. You see, because what you watch, okay, what you watch is what you want. So why would somebody, you see, why do you watch comedy? You want to laugh. Praise the Lord. Why then do you watch horror movies? You want to, no, no, you want to be afraid. No, no. I mean, simple. You watch comedy to laugh, isn't it? Because it will make you laugh. You watch horror to do what? To frighten you. And then some people say they enjoy it. Yes. Yes, I mean, craziness is in dimensions. Praise the Lord. Was it not Nebuchadnezzar that left his house and went and started it? You know, except, you know, you want to graduate as a senior witch. I don't know why you're laughing. It's not, I haven't started cracking jokes. But all I'm saying is this, what you expose yourself to gets into you. Even more than the one you learn consciously. Okay, let me ask you a question. How many of us come to church and they try to teach you a song? And then you go out next Sunday, they try. After two months, if the choir raises it, you're chopping mouth, isn't it? But you go to your salon or you go to the barber shop and they're playing what? They don't bash my car. Once you just enter your car, you start saying, they don't bash my car. They didn't teach you that one. Do you understand? They didn't say, all right, one, two, go. No. You were just barbing. You were just waiting for your hair to be done. Isn't it? And it entered into you. That's the way it works. Whatever you're exposed to. We're saying all of that to say that fellowship, who you fellowship with as a Christian matters. It matters. It's a measure. You see, we can say, instead of asking you, are you born again? We can say, who did you hang out with the whole of Saturday? Because it will influence you more than one act that you took 25 years ago. In 1975, I became born again. But since 75, you've hung out with Fela. You've hung out with Majek Fashek. You've hung out with... No... Who you fellowship with. The scripture we read says, you are going in the same direction, on the same road. It matters who you're traveling with. Last Sunday, we also saw that when Jonah was in a ship, because he had problems with God, the rest of the ship had what? Problems. When Paul was in a ship, because he had a relationship with God, the rest of the ship got what? Preserved. It matters who you ride with. 
Praise the Lord. Now, I know that, you know, for some of us, it's a function of style to always be different. You know, those of us that when we're younger in schools, you wanted to sit at the back. It's understandable as a youth. It's understandable as a child. You know, those mindsets that make you think you're looking for attention. So they say, everybody, come forward. You now hang at the back, and you want to feel that because you're at the back, you're a big guy. Now, the big guys are those that incorporate meetings. They don't round up until they speak. If you're in class and you don't speak, well, you can enjoy it as a youth. When you become somebody and you get to work in an office, you want them, when there are strategic meetings, even if you're not senior management, to say, oh boy, come. Because you always have something to what? To contribute. Now, for you to come to Christendom and want to have that mindset, thinking it's big guy to live before they share grace. You're a Jew man. Because if it matters in any area to participate, it matters in eternal things. I'm not saying where I've not been. Praise the Lord. But you see, it's an issue of revelation. When you know what is at stake here, how can you come to the presence of the Lord? And that's where you want to do big guy. Are you getting it? No, this is where you want to be involved. They want to say you're a strong member. Isn't it? If politically, everybody wants to be a man of timber and caliber, is it concerning the matters of the eternal king that you want to be satisfied with non-entity? I don't want the pastor to see me. It's a lie that's seeking for attention. I don't even want to see you. Are we getting it? No, it's a measure of the understanding of what we are doing here. Now, so it's important, it matters who you fellowship with. The second reason we are looking at fellowship, we are looking at, you know, being together, family and friends and all of that. The second background I want to put this morning is that it is the pattern. If you can open Acts 2 in your Bible or give it to us on the screen. Acts 2, 40 to 46. We see that this is the pattern of the early church. Acts 2. From 40, I'll read. And it says, And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Note what? They continued in what? The apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread, and in prayers. This is the pattern that the early church followed. There were teachings, there were eatings, praise the Lord. There were eatings, there were what? Prayer. There were coming together. You know, sometimes people say, what are we coming together to do? Eh? Have you heard someone ask that? In spiritual matters, you don't have to have something to come together. No, you don't. It's called purely what? Imagine marrying a wife and every time people had to meet, there had to be an agenda. The husband says to the wife, okay, I'm coming home. What's the agenda when I come home? Do you get it? The word there, fellowship, simply means we will just be together. As a young man growing up, I wish I knew this earlier. My dad, okay, my dad was tight-fisted. You know, he made his monies in cobble by cobble. I told you one time he gave me pocket money. And the weight of the money in my pocket was so heavy. My other friends, their parents would give them notes. The man would give me coins. 
when I'm moving like this and sounding like a Jerry masquerade. Jam, jam. <laughs> but this man, I realized, you know, much later, that if you go and visit him, that's when we're growing, you can't just stay with him. Just stay with him. You know, most times when children come to parents, they have a list. Daddy, I want this. Mommy, I want this. If you just come and stay with your dad or your mom, if you do that continuously, beyond what you need, they will give you. As you just say, the man will say, I, I have this pen. That's what he, I have this pair of shoes. Ah, this tight-fisted man. I have this. Then before you know it, he will send you an errand, you know, and give you money that he won't ask for change. You see, it works. Just be together. There are some things that are to flow naturally. You see, ideas that have changed the world didn't come out from strategic meetings. People of like minds just stood together and we are chatting. And then something clicks. We are too agenda minded. Praise the Lord. Especially spiritual people. You know, it's beautiful, you know, to have an agenda. There's no, I'm not against that. But then the word there, fellowship, fellowship. First John chapter 1, verse, um, okay, let me read from verse 1. It says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifested and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. Three, that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you. That you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Look at verse 4. What does 4 say? These things I write to you that what? Why will your joy be full when you have fellowship? Why will having fellowship with us bring your joy to full level? You know why? Because our fellowship is not with just ourselves. Let me use another example some people will understand in Abuja. Do you know people are lodging in Hilton now who have no agenda? They just, you know, stand, you know, loiter at the lobby. Because they hope that in the process, they will fall into something. Do you understand what I'm saying? You see, they know that there is an atmosphere. Things are happening. So they just hang around there. Quite a few people have told me, Pastor, the reason I fly business class, not that I can afford it, but when you're in business class, you are in fellowship of big men. Imagine the guy now flying with big men like him who also don't have money, who are hoping to fellowship with each other. <laughs> then their fellowship would be, would be amongst claimers for claimers. You know? So next time you're buying, be sure what you're buying. Ask who are the people on board. You know, people have said, I've met governors, I've met ministers, I've met the MDs of this. It's okay, what if you meet all the people like you too? But John was saying, when you fellowship with us, your joy will be full. Why? Because where I am and where you are and where he is, it's not just us that are there. He says our fellowship is with, with the Father and with his Son, Jesus. Anytime, didn't the Bible say, where two or more are gathered together in my name? And where he is, things happen. Things happen. Just fellowship. You see, and interestingly, these are things we did as unbelievers. You know, people just get, you know, three young men just get together, four young men. And then the spirit of iniquity just takes them over. 
The same way, if the righteous just get together, the Holy Spirit will also do what? Take that. But the righteous don't get together because a few uh, was there. But our fellowship truly, that's the thing there, truly is with the Father. So where I am and where you are and where he is, it's not just that are, us that are there. There's a quorum formed. Heaven can manifest. Praise the Lord, somebody. Somebody say, I'll no longer despise fellowship in the name of Jesus. So these two things, and for today we are looking at the fellowship aspect of this early church. This was the pattern, apostles' doctrine, fellowship, the eating together which we are going to do. That one, nobody needs to tell us how important it is from the attendance today. I'll know. I already know. <laughs> Prayers, we're also going to look at that. But fellowship, fellowship, what does fellowship mean? It implies, you know, companionship. It means, you know, fraternization, friendship, mutual support. And let me say something here that, you know, I believe we already thought of. You know, one of the things that I found out is that most false religions or cults or, you know, any of those things, what they do is this. You see those four things we read out, you know, apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread and prayers, and the other aspects of the Christian faith. Most false religions, what they do is this. They take one aspect of the faith. And so take it to the extreme that it becomes an attraction. Why do people join Oboni and all the cults? Their brotherhoodness. Why do people do those? Because this fellowship we are talking about. That's why if there's a burial, funeral, wedding, you know, whatever, job space or whatever, it has to go to one of their own. As far as they're concerned, the rest of you don't exist. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You see, they take it to the extreme. And then those who are fake churches, they also take it. You hear some people, I mean, okay, sorry, Lord, I may be wrong. But you, you come into some fellowship. They just emphasize, we love each other, we love each other. And in that love, there is fornication, there is adultery, there is all kinds of things. But when you get there, you sense love. And then you say, ah, Christ is love, so love is here. It's not true. They are just taking one aspect. You can't take love without holiness. If you take love without holiness, what you have is a cult. And there are many places with a lot of love and no holiness. Because you see, the fellowship is with the father and his son. So in our loving each other and fellowshipping with each other, you know, and doing family together. If what we begin to do is what the father cannot see, then is a cult. So some people say, ah, no, we do things together. We support each other. We do all of that. What actually do you do? Are you with me? Some will take the area of discipline. So this fasting now that if I say let's fast for the next week now, one week like this now. Some of you say that's why I didn't want to come to church today. I shouldn't have heard this thing. <laughs> Some of these cause, they'll take fasting, eh? They will be fasting, they'll be jogging, they'll be playing football. They'll take it to extreme. Now, these are things, the Eastern religions, you bring discipline, you look at yoga. All these things are false religions. But the devil picks principles from Christianity and pushes it. And because you have some truth in you, it will be attractive. Some will bring meditation. 
And you just meditate, meditate, meditate. And they take it to the extreme. You meditate on, you know, my name is, uh, maybe you belong. You meditate until you start seeing levels. You start floating. You know, you say you're going deep, you're going deep. <laughs> you see, yes, the Lord Jesus, our scripture says, you shall meditate on the scripture as well, day and night. But it's not meditate to start floating in the spirit. Is meditate that you might observe to what to do. But you get into Hinduism and some of this. They will put medi- meditate, meditate until you start seeing your great grandfathers that died. Now, now, all these things are parts of the truth, but they are not the truth. Jesus Christ, as a person, is the truth. I get it what I'm saying. Now, however, when we that have the truth ignore parts of the truth, it does not benefit us. We have Jesus himself. We have the fullness of him. So, in essence, let me just talk this so I can move on. In essence, Christianity without discipline, you won't go far. The apostle Paul says, I beat my body. What does he mean by beat? Literally beat. That's he tells his body, shut up. And I put it what? Under. Why? He said, lest after I have preached to others, what? I myself will be a kind. He says, I put the Christianity that gets into indulgence, indulging the body, everything you want, everything. You know, and that's why you have to be careful. You go to some places, you listen to the whole sermon, everything is about you. How you feel, how you want, you know, if you go to America, how your neighbor, the haters, how the haters hated you. You are, are you, you which group? Are you not a hater too, if they say that? Every other person is a hater, only you. Every other person did them wrong. Their mother, their father, their father left, their mother did this. Every other person. That's what they keep telling them every time they gather. No discipline, no price to pay. It's not right now. I mean, it's the father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom, isn't it? But the Bible says our Lord Jesus Christ, even though he, he was a son, what happened? He learned obedience through the things he suffered. And when we talk of fellowship, we might not touch that today. Part of the fellowship we have with our Lord Jesus Christ is the fellowship of his sufferings. Now, somebody came into church here asking, why am I going through what I'm going through? Are you following Jesus? If you're going to Enugu by road from Abuja, you can't begin to act surprised that you're passing through Ajakuta Road. The potholes there, somebody was driving that port road, you know, with a child that came in from the U.S., and the child said to the father, Dad, Dad, why are they digging trenches on the road? The roads are so bad. Now, if you're going to Enugu in Nigeria from Abuja, you don't act surprised when you see the trenches. Do you understand? If you're going to New York from Maryland, you can be surprised. So if you're following Jesus and trials are coming your way, it's the fellowship of his sufferings. But he said, be of good cheer for what? I have overcome the world. Okay? So, these things are there. But cult, especially this one of brotherly love, one of the greatest attractions, reasons why many people join cult is that they love one another. They are there for one another. They support one another. Financially, everything. They are just backing up one another. I want to believe that one of the things that makes them wealthy is the network and the kind of extreme level they go to support one another. Now, they took that also from scripture, from our Lord Jesus. So, who now have the truth? What do we do with this? What do we do with this? And how does it fall into place? I want you to come with me. Let's go back to Ephesians 11, 4. Sorry, Ephesians 4. 
Let's say something then. From verse 11. I read New King James now. And it says, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till what? Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. 14 says, That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. Now, 16, let's read it together, everybody. From whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Praise the Lord. This scripture is saying something here. It says some have been given, different people have been given diverse gifts. And every gift that was given, contrary to what it appears like, was given for the saints. Praise the Lord. So, you know, you see people, I want to be this, I want to be that. It's okay. If people understood it, it would be like there being a competition. You know, I want to be the toilet clean. I want to be the janitor. I want to be the janitor. Nobody should struggle with it. I'm the number one janitor in this environment. Have you seen that happen? You know why? Because everybody understands that janitor cleans up where other people mess up, isn't it? But the Bible is saying whether I'm a prophet or I'm an apostle, I'm a teacher, I'm a pastor. He said the gift that was given to me was also what? To serve these people. So when you see people struggle for title, it's because they don't know what is happening. It's an office for service. Are you getting me? It's an office for benefit. Let's leave that high level. Let's now come to this verse 16. Look at what verse 16 says. The Living Bible. 16. Thank you. Let's read together. Instead... We will lovingly follow the truth at all times, speaking truly, dealing truly, living truly, and so become more and more in every way like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. Under his direction, the whole body is fitted together perfectly, and each part in its own special way. Now, let's stop here. Each part means who? So you are an each part. You are an each part, isn't it? You are an each part. And it says each part does what? In its own, how does, so you each part, please succumb. What this each part will do will be different from what this each part will do. His own way is special. Your own way is special. Please see that. Your own way is special. So each part, special way does what? Helps. The parts don't help themselves though. Are you seeing what we miss when we miss fellowship? Each part in its own special way helps the other parts. Fellowship is the only environment where the fullness, no wonder the psalmist says how good and pleasant it is for what? Brethren to dwell together in unity. He said for their word, God commanded the blessings. Life. And life forevermore. Because if we are not together, I'll be missing some parts. 
and you'll be missing some parts. We all would be missing some parts. You might feel okay because, you see, people don't really, you know, there's, there, there's a saying that says you don't know what you have until you lose it. You don't even know what you have until you get it. You know, there are some things that have been freely given to you until you experience it. You will know you never had it. John told us that your joy may be full. Here now, and he says what? That the whole body will become healthy and growing and full of love. So when I saw this, I saw that actually we are malnourished. We are malnourished. You know, it's beautiful the way the church is functioning already. You know, Pastor Ikena is one man. You know, Mommy Chi is one woman. You know. SOS, everybody is one, one, one like that. And apart from those who function on stage, the rest of us seated on this side, after service, you don't even greet the other person. Meanwhile, the miracle that you came today in need of might have actually been reserved by somebody by your side. He said, each part, its own special way, does its own share, and then the whole body Pastor is one part. You know the problem this is, is because some people have made themselves larger than life. You go to see some pastors, there are 25 people, 30 people waiting to see them. Now only you get the Holy Spirit. Is it for scarcity? Are you an NPC? Do you understand? No, I don't understand. There are pastors there, there are ministers. And let me let you know, please, if you don't know, every day before the Pastor Ikena comes here. There are men here who stand in prayer with me. They're as essential as every 45 minutes. 45 minutes, I mean, I preach every time. <laughs> every bit of that moment, these men are part of it. You know why? They are supplying their own share. So if you see him standing here, it's not him alone. There are people that are ministering to you through him. Praise the Lord somebody. Now and also where you're seated, there are people that are also gifted with something. That if you get the fellowship right, you will be supplied with nourishment suitable for you. That's how the church should grow. It says by the edifying of itself in love. It grows fully. Imagine... If your stomach got food and said, I am the food store in this body. I am the richest. I will give nobody food. What will happen? They had to say, eh, <laughs> you won't give me food. Okay, I won't pump you blood. What do you think will be happening in that body? That's what happens. Let's take it this way. That the heart is working. And every other part of the body, every day they're saying, ah, I love to go to the Father's shop because the heart is working. Only the heart. Eh. Even your kidney will say, only the heart, eh? Okay. What does kidney do again? So kidney will say, all right. You drink Coke, Abby. All that, you know, fire extinguisher that is in Coke. Let it remain. You know Coke is fire extinguisher. The kidney says, I won't take away toxins. Just be, you know, healing only the pastor. What will happen? The body will suffer. The design is that every member of the body 
will supply its own special gifting. To each has been given a measure of Christ's gift. Every one of us, everyone that is born again, spirit filled, praise the Lord. Everyone has a gift. So that scripture says, as we do that, it says the whole body is healthy. The whole body is growing. You see, one of the things, as we're saying this giftedness and all of that, one of the things you see in churches, in environments like this, is this. Just like the Bible says, you know, Proverbs is not prophecy. It's just analysis of what happens. The Bible says the rich had many friends, isn't it? You know, this thing we're saying about being friends and talking to people. The rich in church don't have problem. Because after service, there are about 18 people that are waiting to see them. Bro, house rent, bro, accommodation, bro, transport, bro, all of that. Now, it's okay. That brother will be ministering to you with his gift. But that rich, do you fall on your knees and pray for him? Because the gift he has might be the money he's giving to you. Which is okay. Praise the Lord. But what gift do you have for him? The word of God is true. If you're receiving material favors from a brother... Ask yourself, what has God given me for him? Maybe in his office, instead of being assistant manager, he should be MD now. If you were interceding for him. But the only thing, you know, as he's giving you, you say, 500,000. He's saying only 50,000. Look at his car. Look at his car. The tire of that car is more than 500. So he should take his tire. His own tire. And give you because you have accommodation. You, what do you have? Where is your own tire? But you see, are we getting in now? If everybody is supplying, I bet you some of these people that you're looking at, that you're going to, they'll be much higher. But they're busy being sapped. Nobody is supplying to them. One of the frustrations of being a very comfortable, you know, if I want to use the language of the word, not here, we know better, blessed man, is that nobody prays for you. I remember many years ago when we were in the other church, you know, when mommy used to lead praise and worship, when they're praying in choir, they just say, Father, we thank you. It's a good day. We bless you. When other people are leading praise and worship, they say, Lord, help the minister. Help her to minister. Help the singer to minister. Help. When is mommy Chi? They don't pray. Ah, it's mommy Chi now. Pastor's wife. Let's pray about other things. Let's remember brother so that travel. Johnny Messies. Let him arrive safely. Let's remember, you know, But you don't know that if you pray for the person, the higher he or she goes, the higher they'll be able to lift you. By what every joint supplies, you have something. When I came into Abuja, that was when God spoke this word to me. I was speaking at a fellowship. It was an early morning fellowship. I never forget that day. And God just gave me the word for them. He said, what does supply imply in Abuja language? Supply. What is it? It's money now. When you hear supply, what do you think? Business, big money. He said, that's it. You come to church, supply something. Today we call office. Some people would just, eh, even powder, they won't bring. Even salt to add on the food that they would just land here with empty stomach. Now there is nothing wrong with that if you don't have. But did you pray? Do you understand what I'm saying? Everybody has something. It says every part, every part does its share. So when we fellowship, it's an opportunity for everybody to receive their due. Let me help you with this illustration. An experiment was done. I can't remember where it was. Maybe it was in one of those um, schools. 
And about 40 people, or rather 40 balloons were taken, and they wrote the names of 40 people. And they put it in a hall. Okay? And then they called the 40 people who had their names and said to the 40 people, everybody get into that hall. There's a balloon with your name. When you find the balloon with your name, come out, there's something for you. Okay? So they released the 40 people into the room with the 40 balloons. You know what happened? Everybody was trying to find the balloons with their names. And there was chaos. You know, I'm adding this Jara to the story, but I think the balloons must have started busting. Okay? I'm, I didn't hear it this way, but at the end of the day, maybe nobody will come. But they did it in another way. And they said, now, get into that room, find a balloon, check the name that is on it, identify who has that name, and give him his balloon. In seconds... One, two, three. Before one minute was over, everybody had their balloon. Why? Because in one room, everybody served each other. In the other room, everybody tried to serve themselves. Every part does its share. And that share you're doing is not for you. It's not for me. It's not me, me, me. No. It's the body. God is faithful. You don't have an uncle who becomes, you know, a pamsek or minister, you know, that gives out job. And go to me and say, give me money. No, what do you say? You say, give me job. Isn't that what he asked for? You say, give me job. What will job cost you? It will cost you time. It will cost you money, isn't it? But you know that doing it, what will happen? You will make more. That's the attitude you must come to church with. This is my father's house. I belong here. What can I supply? Praise the Lord. And like I've mentioned, money is one of it. But there are many other things. There's love. There's just standing with someone and just how, you see, you know there's how are you that you're not expected to answer more than fine. You know, how are you? If you answer more than that, the person has already gone. But you can be the listening ear. Some people want someone to talk to. And there are people gifted in that. And I'm sure you know that's not the, I don't have that gift. Pastor Chris has it. Mommy Chi has it. You know, they can listen to you. If you're speaking to me, I'm summarizing. By the time you repeat 1.3 times, my alarm starts going off. You know, some people can... can <laughs> I studied economics, you know, in... Um, okay, no, even from secondary school. Secondary school, yes. It's in economics that they say advantages of, um, of industrialization. They'll give point one. Industrialization will bring costs down, isn't it? Concentration of industry. It will bring specialization. Then the next thing they say, it will make people know their jobs better. Is it not the same thing with two and three? I will join the two and write it as well. They will fail me, but I didn't care. I don't like wasting time. They will write 12 reasons, and you look at the 12, the only three. Three, they break it. So when people start doing that, I say, you've said this before. Huh? You've said it before. I don't have But there are people that can listen. When you're talking, they say, hmm. I don't do mm. I say, okay, uh, yes, yes. In fact, I will help you complete it. I know you say that about me, so let me confess. Mm. Because, you see, <laughs> you know, praise the Lord. My wife will say, just listen to me. I say, no, it's a waste of time. I'm, pro- I'm looking for answers as you're speaking. I'm like Google. I'm just Googling. <laughs> How many of us are like that? A few of us are like that, right? But you can meet somebody and just say, How are you? You know, how are you? And then the person say, well, once I say how are you, say, well, I say, God bless you. <laughs> uh, exit. 
You know? <laughs> so people have gifts. I'm telling you, every day I'm learning, I'm seeing it. God made us differently. So that from the different places we are coming, we can supply the gift he gave us and then the body will be blessed. The other day, I, I think it was someone said to me, you should have been a soldier. I know, I have dreams of being in the army. I'm hard. Am I hard? No, truly. No, no, no. Mommy Chi should have been a nurse, doctor. She's just caring, caring. If there is leg that is broken, what are you crying? And cut off the leg, let's move. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm is it, if you're in the middle of battle and there is like that, what, you know, but you see, these are diverse giftings, diverse giftings in the body. M- many years ago, we, we had, um, we had um, one, you know, senior, you know, father of the faith come and minister to us there. Some of us remember, I won't call the name, when we had the tent. This man finished ministering, you know, deep message to us. We called the wife to bless us. She started ministering comfort. I say, see these people there. Eh? This man has brought his hard one. The wife has now come and started saying, don't worry. The Lord loves you. The, Lord. the other man said, a disciple named Ananias. Can he be found? Now, if all that you receive is Ananias, when you're in pain, you will just die. Nobody to comfort you. <laughs> so God has what? different, And these gifts don't have to be with the microphone. As you fellowship with somebody... Are you getting me? As you fellowship, these things will come out. People that have comfort, people that have encouragement. Some people have warnings. When you speak with them and you're about to make a mistake, they will, in fact, they will rebuke you immediately. These are things that should come out, but they don't come out until we fellowship, until we take time and spend together. No, agenda won't let it happen. Agenda won't allow it. We quote the scripture, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Liberty. You know, we're always under pressure. The governor's fellowship different. Say, let's have a... But the men in the world, the beer palace that people spend eight hours, what agenda do they have there? The only agenda they have is that beer is flowing, isn't it? When we gather, the Holy Spirit is flowing. Say, do not be drunk with wine, isn't it? But rather be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then what will you do? You minister in songs, psalms, and... That's inspiration. It will be flowing. We just gather to hang out together in the presence of the Lord. Praise the Lord. So this morning, as I try to round up my 45 minutes message, you know, I want to beg you, praise the Lord, I want to beg us, I want to encourage us, each of us has been given a gift for the benefit of the body. The body is underfed, even only a few people's gifts are being dished. It's not proper. And it doesn't have to be on stage. It doesn't have to be with a microphone. For many of us who don't know, I became a pastor from being an usher, not head usher, not secretary of the usher's department. I was an usher in uh, Papa Parish, just an usher, 20, what year old usher. But I realized that when I spoke, people kept quiet to listen. When we did Bible college homiletics, I could not write my sermon. But after I preached, about five, six of my colleagues, you know, came to me to say, please give us a sermon. And I told them, I, I couldn't write it. Too. I actually failed it because you needed to submit it. But the one that I preached blessed the people. But I had nothing to submit. Now, at that time, even as an usher, people were giving me gifts. 
You see, there is a way. You don't have to hold microphone. As an usher, I'd never preached. A pastor invited me to preach in his church. He had never seen me preach. So how did he know? Maybe one-on-one conversation. I get him what I'm saying. You don't have to wait. Gifts are flowing in you. You just have to have the heart to serve. The heart to minister. Understand what this thing is about. Praise the Lord. Catch the spirit. The spirit of God is the one. The Bible says we are baptized into one body. One faith. One spirit. One baptism. Traveling on the same road. Praise the Lord. You look at it and you take responsibility for everything that is going on here. Even as the moment I got born again, I never saw church as the pastors. You know, I can tell you that God is my witness. I never saw the church as the pastors. When I sit down, I'm thinking I had a, you know, a pastor's mindset. I would look at him and say, ah, this man needs rest. Or this man, he's going through this. Or he's not feeling this. Is it a wonder I'm a pastor now? I don't know. Maybe that's the reason. But you can't come in here and isolate yourself. You can't. At that time, all I was thinking was that I will be rich. I will bring money. Because you know money is one of the problems. Most churches, you know, are looking for those that will bring money. But I didn't know God had other plans. But you can't come in here. If you're coming here and your sister, praise the Lord, and you see the way some sisters dress. Next time, come with small koboko. They wait. You just beat them here. Say, you see, come, come with the spirit of, uh, you know, sister, sister Josephine, you know. Rebuke them sharply. Say, sister, what did you come to church with? The sister will be wondering. What did you come to church with? The sister say, look at your neckline. <laughs> By the time someone who does that to you and the person is not a pastor is not a worker who will you be offended with when the pastor does it you say they insulted me in that if someone's sitting by say uh-huh, this your this phone that you're sending whatsapp on why didn't you start home and, and whatsapp why are you coming to church you can become holy police it's a gift you help the brother if he focuses on what is being done in church praise the lord somebody we want to get the fullness of what God has. We are trusting God that miracles will happen in this place. You'll be sensitive also. You can hold the person by your side. You can be led to pray for him or for her. Or you can even take up a burden. You see a family every time that going carrying children. And you look at them, they need a car. Brethren, we don't know the power it has pleased God to diffuse through us to one another. It's so awesome. Cornelius, after an angel appeared to him, he could not be saved though. You know the story. Acts that. An angel appeared to him. Everything was okay. Until Peter, another brother was sent to him. The Holy Spirit could not manifest in his life. Is that the only one? Should I tell you another one? The apostle Paul, Jesus appeared to him, Abby. On the road to Damascus. Abby, and had all the encounter. Why didn't Jesus open his eyes after the third day? He sent a brother. Because that gift... Jesus had the gift for Paul to be blessed. But he had given it to Ananias. So the message went to Ananias. And said, Ananias, there is one Paul in the street called Street. He is blind. You have his healing. Today I'm speaking to somebody. There is one brother. There is one neighbor. There is one colleague. You have his healing. You have her child. You have the marriage. It's not just the person that wants to beat uh, young girls with what they do. You can also start praying. Let God give them a husband like God gave you. It can be from your burden. 
that that anointing will come down and things will change. I get it what I'm saying. God in his almightiness has said that we'll wait for what they do on earth. It's so important that God wanted to turn Job's situation around. And he said, how do I do this? He said, okay, go and pray for your friends. Go and supply something. When Job supplied prayer to his friends, God sent restoration. Let's bow our heads as we go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, help me. I want to supply. I want to be a contractor, a supplier. Lord, thank you for all that you have blessed me with. Maybe you're here. You're an evangelist. Maybe you're here. You're prosperous financially. Maybe you're here. You have the gift of intercession. Maybe you're here. You're positioned to have access, you know, to different things. Everything that you are, every place that you have access to, God has put you there. He says to each one has been given a measure of Christ's gift. And what is the purpose? He said that with this you may serve. Ask the Lord. Lord, forgive me for any moment, any time that I've withheld my gifting. That I've kept back what I should supply to my brothers. And begin to ask him now, Lord, I receive the grace to be a minister of the grace of God. To be a minister. Some of us are gifted with reconciliation. Some of us are gifted. You have the anointing to bring peace in troublous situations. Some of us have the gift of direction. You can inspire people. You see young men, you can just call them together and speak to them. And fire gets into their bones. Some of us have the gift, you know, of descending. When someone is about being, you know, falling into some trial or temptation. This morning, heaven is saying to the Father's church, we can be more. What about bringing people to Christ? The gift of evangelism. Yes, everyone has been called to do the work of an evangelist. But some of us, God has given us the gift. You speak to people, you're convincing, you're attractive, you're beautiful. You know, people just warm up to you. Do you know that God is expecting to be the very tool through which and by which those people will come to the knowledge of him? Either to come by personal evangelism or to come through his church. Lord, this morning, help me to see me the way that you have equipped me. I want you to pray that prayer. Lord, help me to see me with the way that you have equipped me. Somebody came to church. You are not empty. Once the Holy Spirit is inside of you, once you are born again, something is given to you. Something beneficial. Some of us have the gift of diligence. You are so hardworking that when a backslider remembers you, they jump up from their beds. You are stable. Some of us have fire. Constant fire anytime you touch them. You know, they are burning with zeal. Lord, help me to see me with the equipment that you have equipped me. Help me no longer to see myself as just nobody in your body. Because your word says to each one has been given. Lord, even today now, as we go to fellowship and to play and to eat and to dance and to rejoice Lord I receive the sensitivity to be a minister I thank you for those that minister on stage 
but I thank you for there is something I have that will add to what is being done already. Lord, I receive the spirit of obedience. Now you're going to also pray. Lord, what you have for me that somebody has come here with. Lord, bring it to me. Bring it to me. Bring it to me. Jesus is in the house. But Jesus sent Ananias. Jesus sent Peter to Cornelius. Send Ananias to Paul. Jesus is in the house. But he sent his disciples with the bread and the loaf. He didn't give it to them directly. He said, I will do it through your hands. Lord, I thank you. Because what you have for me, in humility with expectation I receive. It is unto you that I've come. I will not go the same way. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-1588404. You can find us online at www www.thefatherschurchonline.org God bless you.